I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Pro Wrestling Index. I am not Andy Wales, so I am down my usual partner in crime. But I am joined by one of our more regular guests in my, I'm going to call you sleepy, Australian brother at the minute, because you have just woken up early for this podcast. How are you doing, Alex, my man? Thank you very much, Guy. I'm delighted to be here, even though, yes, I have just just, uh, arisen from my slumber. Uh, forwards in time in uh, in Australia, but yeah, that's uh, I'm happy to be. I usually I'm the Kurt Angle to your your guys' shield, uh, such as Survive Series. But I, I feel like I've been on enough now that I'm kind of I've kind of got up a level. I've gone I'm I'm the I'm the Billy Gunn to your Degeneration X. You know, sometimes oh, you, sometimes you want me, <laughs> sometimes you don't want to talk about me. Maybe I'll go off to another pro wrestling podcast and. and become the vice president of talent relations there or well you know we'll see we'll see how we go but as of right now i'm delighted to be to be talking to you this fine morning still in the hall of fame it's a win that <laughs> still in the hall of fame <laughs> shooting water guns out into a crowd so yeah that, that's still i'd still take that as a win yeah you can't ask for much more than that you can't ask for much nah. more than that mr ass indeed <laughs> um, but in this one, we will be talking about Money in the Bank in our in our pay-per-view review. But we're going to start with TV because I will forget, because I'm not usually the host for this. That is the professional <laughs> one. So we're going to start with TV, and we're going to start right. with... Guy, you're getting the push now. You're getting the push. You're <laughs> going to make, make use of it. Reach for that brass ring. Uh, I feel like Chad Gable on my own. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Does that make me Bobby Roode? I don't. Well, I don't want to think about that. You, Robert Rude. Robert Rude. Even yes. better. Just got to grow. Even the better with the mustache. <laughs> and that is a very good segue to the first, to the first or second ever twenty four seven champion in Robert Rude. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes. And we did get the announcement of the new title, which was well, not revealed, but it was announced to be revealed on Raw at Money in the Bank. Um. People were kind of speculating maybe a hardcore title because it was Mick Foley, maybe a Legends title or something like that. But no, we got this 24-7 title, which seemingly going off the first two uh, two times of television it's been on, it is going to be a comedy belt. But 
I think just going off this first two shows, it looks like it's going to add something for the for the could you call them jobbers or lower mid card for something for them to do and actually be relevant. Considering the wild card and the superstar shakeup melding kind of <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, melding the the borders between SmackDown and Raw, it, it does seem like with those lack of distinctions, there would have been less to do for the likes of R-Truth, Robert Roode, um, not necessarily jobbers, but the ones who are on the lower end of the card, the ones who I, I described it to my friend as the ones seen in catering during Raw and SmackDown because they haven't got anything for them at the current moment, but, you know, they could be something for them down the line. R-Truth already has made the belt brilliant because he's captured what it should be, which is the equivalent of the hardcore title belt, but we're in an age now where we have Twitter and where we have a WWE network and where we have a WWE YouTube channel, and that makes it tenfold more exciting. So... I think it really is already delivering on, on what it, it could be, which is really funny, really fun, uh, and something that makes you see a notification on Twitter and go, okay, I've got to watch this. I've got to watch this. I've got to watch Kathy Kelly try and find R-Truth to, to win this 24-7 title. Now, whether they can devalue it, I know that um, in a Japanese promotion called DDT, they had a DDT... It was called the Iron Man title or something. It was basically the same thing, the 24-7 title. And that was a pure comedy belt because it was like a cat won it, a ladder won it, uh, (laughs) uh, all sorts of insane things. Um, So if they go along that route, then it'll be a test to see how long they make it relevant. Um, But they could also go along the route of just an impromptu match between our truth and and Robert Roode with his staggeringly stunning mustache, uh, and even that, I think the fans would be like, "Oh yeah, cool, we might see a decent match here." If not, there'll be some chicanery and some fooling around at the end. Um, so you said to me off air, as long as they keep it interesting and it doesn't just die out within two weeks, that's going to be the the critical thing, I reckon. The idea that how much can you do with this belt? How how long before? time sort of runs out but at the same time you've got yeah the benefit of twitter and youtube where you can just have at one point you don't don't even have to come through vince it could just be a couple of superstars being like right let's do something funny here let's um yeah have me chase you through a a supermarket running after the title and having random people go what the hell is this the, the possibilities are in this modern time quite endless with this title so that's why i really really like the idea uh, but for a company that is not entirely based, but very heavily based off look, they need to fire whoever made that belt because it's gross. I get what they were trying to go for, like a comedy whack appeal to kids, but it's just gross. It's just terrible. Um, for, I can't believe the same company made the WWE UK title, which is stunning, and that abomination that is the 24-7 title. That That is just, just very surprising. It is actually impressive. I don't think I could make it worse if I tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, it would take some real 
Picasso abstractness to actually try and make that belt worse, let alone the fact that someone stepped back from it and said, hmm, you know what? This is it. This is my job done. Vince will love it. Fantastic. This is great. I'm going to get paid actual legal tender for the job I've done here. And that in itself is, yeah, an abomination because it's like the great car leap where you got a five-star match. It just, no, that doesn't, no, that's just not in anyone's mind. This title should not have been in anyone's mind. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just incredulous to me that they couldn't design a better title. Uh, great car, he's definitely going to win it sometime. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely, <laughs> absolutely. But uh, I'm trying to think of the first woman to win it. Uh, I was and, expecting uh, Carmella to win it. Like, I really was. It would have been great. Um, I liked the blonde thing with with Truth. That was really funny on SmackDown. Um, Truth also posted something to Twitter being like, he's the European Championship. And he said, I'm in the middle of nowhere, despite the fact you can see buildings and a street reflected in his sunglasses. Uh, he's, just, he's just the greatest. It was fantastic. Um, but at least it gives them something to do as well. And I'm more serious. It's like, well, yeah, you've got the most stacked roster you've ever had and the worst riding you've had in a long time to try and fit them in. So let them do something of their own accord. That's the, that's the most empowering thing about this title. The superstars can do stuff of their own accord to try and make it entertaining. And when, when the superstars try and make something entertaining by themselves, it usually works. It's usually how the organic stuff happens. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you think of Zack Ryder a few years ago, for example, it's probably the best example of something like that in uh, in recent times. It's it, it When when a, a talent can get his own creative freedom, probably outside of the company walls, it's probably the best way for some of them to flourish, really. Um, do you, What do you think is the ceiling for this belt? And do you think it's always going to be a comedy gimmick? Could you see it as like a, a vehicle to promote NXT. I mean, there's, there is um, some NXT talents who aren't going to come up to the big fanfare. I mean, we've seen that with like EC3 and all that example. Could you think this is a belt that could be used to bring up some of the NXT talent that's not the main main card potential, if you get what I mean? I guess so. They're just going to be careful that it doesn't get, um, it doesn't erode reputations too much by having the belt. I don't think anyone's going to hold it that long. Uh, it, the, the longest reign will probably be someone in a, in a comedy essence in the style of Crash Holly with the hardcore title because he made good of that and it was it was a very fun kind of program he had about how he was def- protecting with all of his life uh, and paranoid about losing it. And that was quite fun and quite funny. Uh, I think taking it to NXT and NXT UK will be great. Taking it to 205 Live will be great. And they've got the added bonus that this roster can put on some cracking matches. So, really, it's there's a good chance that it becomes less of a jokey kind of manufactured title based on the fact that, well, we could see it be comedy and then all of a sudden it goes down to NXT and Tyler Breeze and, uh, I don't know, so, Eric Bergenhagen put on a absolute fire match in in 10 minutes that makes everyone go oh yeah that's right this title's great this title's worth something because everyone wants it and people are willing to put on good matches for it uh so that's what they've got in their favor the fact they've got so many brands um but as of right now they have to just make sure it doesn't get devalued by all the comedy stuff which is still great because that's the point of it the point of it is to be funny 
Um, but I don't think you can uh, begrudge them of maybe having good matches every now and then to, to try and raise the value of the title. <clears throat> um, whether it's a good way to bring NXT superstars up depends on how well the title's faring. If in a month it's still jerky title, you kind of don't want your NXT stars touching it. Um, I don't think he can harm EC3 at this point because I don't think a gunshot can harm what they've done to him. Uh, and yeah, it's good for the likes of, we've already seen Heath Slater and um, uh, Robert Roode and, and obviously Truth's the, the the John Cena of the 24-7 division. Uh, but I do think it's going to be good for the likes of, I could see someone like Tyler Breeze Fandango when he returns, uh, people who are kind of in limbo, although Tyler Breeze could well be going back down to NXT permanently, that, that could be something that's happening. Um, and then 205 Live characters like Drew Gulak, who can do serious and funny, Brian Kendrick, who can do serious and funny. Um, yeah, I think it'd be good for them to, to stretch their wings a bit. Yeah, yeah, I think you've made some good points there. Um and last thing before we actually move on to the Money in the Bank card with TV, we saw the return of Dolph Ziggler. Um, he's obviously challenged, or he's attacked Kofi Kingston, and now he's seemingly getting a match at the Super Saudi, whatever the hell it's called. Um, it, he's obviously stepping in for Kevin Owens, who, for, one, for whatever reason, didn't want to go to Saudi, which is fair enough. Don't need to delve into them reasons. Um. But what are your thoughts on Dolph Ziggler kind of coming as this late substitute? Um, I, I, the, I, the only part I've seen, I, the only part I've seen of it so far has been Dolph Ziggler's promo, which was class, to be fair. Mm, yeah. Um, I hadn't seen anything kind of leading up to or after that, and yet Dolph is kind of the master of that of popping out of nowhere, cutting a decent promo, being all this is my time, this is my chance, and no one really believes him. But the match will be decent anyway, and the match will be good. I had an issue with Dolph Ziggler in that The Miz carried his last program they had, um, and I don't think he quite commits like he used to anymore, and I don't think he's as underrated as he ever. Well, I don't think he was ever really that underrated, to be honest. Maybe when he cashed in, that was quite a good moment, but He's injury prone and and he's liable to explode social media and and look for me. I think he's he was never that underrated that day. I think he was almost got to the point where he was so underrated in quotation marks that he became overrated. Uh, for now though, it was a good thing because we needed something fresh with Ko turning down Saudi Arabia. Um, I think if you look at the relationship that Kevin has to Sammy, that shouldn't surprise anyone. It also shouldn't surprise given that he's a strong personality and that Vince likes it when people stand up for their own beliefs and stand up for themselves. Roman reportedly turned down the opportunity to go back and said, well, so he said last year, if this happens again, I'm not going back. The rumor is that he got offered so much money. He couldn't refuse it. Um, and when I say so much money, we're talking about the Saudis, so it's going to be like colossally big. Uh, Daniel Bryan probably won't go back. Um, in fact, he didn't go last year as well. Same as John mm-hmm. Cena. So, it, look, there's a precedent being set. Dolph versus 
Kofi isn't going to end any other way than Kofi winning. But curiously, Kofi Kingston is the most dominantly booked champion they've had in forever. His win streak's nearly at 40 now. Um, he's being booked incredibly strongly. He's looked great. He's won clean. He beat KO clean by himself. Xavier Woods wasn't out there. Big E's injuries meant that he's shot even more. Um, he's taken the whole unwarranted criticism of him being too bubbly and too fun and not serious enough and turned it into a character point being like, they want, they want me to hold me back. They want to turn me into something I'm not into their vision of a champion, but guess what? I'm my champion, uh, which is a great story and great character and wrestling wise, he's been putting on fantastic matches. So he is the strongest book champion they've had for a while, but he's also the strongest champion they've had for a while. And that, and that might surprise to deal because he was never that convinced that he was going to win the belt given Vince's, uh, historical associations to maybe not active xenophobia, but certainly uh, reg- like a regressive gene <laughs> just in the background xenophobia. Mm. Um, Dolph Ziggler feels like, yeah, he's there just to be another opponent for Kofi, but it just goes to show how strong this Kofi title reign is that Dolph is coming out of the woodwork because Kofi's uh, been able to hold the title up. I mean, names like Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens. Um, I would have liked to see someone like Andrade come in for a one-time match with Kofi, but I don't. But the, the more I think about it, the more I think that they're actually like they're going to do that later on, um, purely because SmackDown's got so much talent. Andrade's feuding with Finn. You can't really take him out of that now and still keep his reputation intact. So I don't have any problem with Dolph this time around, even if everyone's forgotten about him and, and it was a surprise. Yeah, I mean, the only thing... I'm going to steal this shout from another wrestling... I think it's Wrestle Talk who said it. Uh, it would have been cool if Buddy Murphy was the one as a surprise um, introduction. Oh, now you made me wish I had Buddy Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been brilliant. That would have been awesome. Yeah, and you would have created a new heel star rather than regurgitated. I mean, Dolph's very good at what he does, but as you said, these last couple of years, I mean, except the Miz feud, he had he had a very good run with um, Drew and Seth, but once he gets out of a big program, he tends to go missing, doesn't he? And then, it, 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 as you mentioned, he goes... Uh, he goes off it and stuff, so you get, yeah, I think fair enough using Ziggler in this way, but it would have been cool to use something fresh and and meaningful. It would have it would have made the Saudi show probably worth showing rather than watch um, Undertaker and Goldberg and a first one dies wins match. <laughs> oh Jesus, yeah, generally it's going to be survival of the fittest, quite literally, and that is neither of them are deserving of the word fit. It's that's going to be awful. The real Survivor Series. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we might as well get into the Money in the Bank um, card now. Um, so the first match was well on the pre-show. I did watch it for some reason. Um, well, I'm never. You're gonna a t- better I'm man ne- than I. <laughs> yeah, I'm never going to turn down a new source match. To be fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got the Usos beating the new, well, kind of newly crowned Daniel Bryan and Rowan as the SmackDown Tag Team Champs. Is this, is this just kind of the start of the mess that the wildcard rule has introduced? Because uh, your new champs just got beat by someone who's not even on the same show as them. <laughs> I hate the wildcard so much. I really, really hate it. I 
just I love the idea of two separate brands with their own separate universes and they only cross at Survivor Series. And they were melding the lines when Becky was jumping over both brands and I was like, it's fine. She has both titles. But everything else that happened was just chaotic and messy. And this kind of proved the point. The only thing that saved this having the champions lose in a random non-title match was Daniel Bryan's promo afterward, which I think was on WWE's YouTube page or WWE.com. They tweeted it out. He was basically very, very good talking about how he felt, well, like he, he brands everyone a failure. He said, failure, failure. And then he turned that back on himself and said, lost the WWE title, failure, lost his first, match as the the tag team champions failure and then turned that around again and said no I'm going to make this division mean something these titles are actually going to mean something with me they're going to be a beacon for a new world he's just a master at that his heel run's been exceptional Rowan is getting even better and better every every day Uh, and the Usos are still the best tag team in the world so for me it was a good match but the underlying implications of the brand split collapsing really annoyed the crap out of me yeah the brand split it's I, i'm with you there i i, I much prefer it when raw and smackdown are the um separate entities it's just it, it, i think it just works better and you can give off a a better um product and yeah it's just a, it's just a shame that the uh, waters have been massively muddied but um we'll get on to the first match of the actual card which was the um, women's money in the bank um couple weird spots but a couple brilliant spots um we saw carmella with possibly the best acting ever but then it turned out to be nothing <laughs> which was weird um yeah it was strange going like wow she's selling this brilliantly but at the end of the day, it proved to be worthless. I genuinely thought she was going to do it. Yeah. I was like, oh, are they going to do it with her again? That's great. That'll be fun. But at the end of the day, I did like how it, how it went. But yeah, no, you're right. Good spots and weird spots. Yeah, and we do, we do have to talk about Ember Moon doing the best um, eclipse ever. <laughs> from outside her of tailbone. Guy, her tailbone must be killing her after that. I can't imagine falling from that high on your ass. It would be so painful, but it was so worth it. It was unbelievable. I, I'm trying to think of the best moves we've seen from a ladder, and that's got to be up there. Obviously, Edge's spear while Jeff was holding onto the title uh, in TLC. Selena Del Sol's probably the best one since that with uh, Luke Yeah, Oscar. definitely. The, the Selena Del Sol through, yeah, through the ladder as well. That was ridiculous. But yeah, that eclipse, my God, it was amazing. Yeah, before we talk about the winner and obviously the implications we'll talk about later on, um, we've seen kind of a weird developing storyline with Nikki Cross being friends with Alexa Bliss. Um she was obviously substituted into the match due to Alexa Bliss. I can't if she had a re uh, problems with concussion and stuff like that in recent. Yeah, time. it was. Yeah. It's believed that it was the concussion. Mm. They wouldn't let her wrestle in the in the ladder match, which, on reflection, seems like fair a fair thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we finally get to see Nikki Cross on one of the main rosters, and 
she started off brilliantly and I thought it played well into the character, but I really think she was underutilised in this match considering the type of character she has been. Yeah, and she's had um, history in the past with NXT ladder matches. Um, the start was good, you're right. The, the whole helicoptering the ladder thing is a nice spot. That was fun. Nikki Cross, it's it's interesting that Nikki Cross is still a mad, like a nutcase inside the ring when she's not quite in that case outside the ring, like she's talking to Alexa civilly. But I do think this is one of those things where maybe we should let it sit because I mm. think Nikki's going to be like slowly decaying again and she's going to go back to it and maybe become obsessed with Alexa. We saw on Raw uh, the, the coffee thing. Um, the problem with Alexa is she's becoming a reluctant face. She's getting lots of pops from the crowd. She's moment of bliss is showcasing how charismatic she is, and the crowd love Alexa as much as they love Nikki right now. But I think that could work in that maybe Nikki's frenzied kind of obsession turns Alexa face somewhat. But no, yeah, but like it was weird in this match alone how they seemed to have two spots for her in the start, and then she was kind of just cannon fodder. Um, but at the same time, at least she's being used. Yeah, it's a good point. It, it's just a bit weird considering the amount of fodder that was in the match. I mean, Ma- well, Mandy Rose, she was one of the ones tipped to win it, but can't really do much. Naomi, boring. Natalia. Yeah, boring over Yeah, Natalia, same, let's be honest. Dana yep. Brooke, it was interesting she was in the match, but again. She was one of my standouts, to be honest. Mm. Even over the last few weeks, since that um promo with Ronda where she came in and I mean, it was what she said was good. How she said it was very Dana Brooke, which is not to say not good. But uh, she did deserve to be in the match, and she actually was quite impressive. And I keep forgetting that she actually can go. Like she's athletic. She used to be a power lifter. She in NXT she had some good matches, and she isn't just kind of that blonde model that WWE used to advocate. The trouble is she just doesn't have that much charisma and can't really do it on the mic. But in a match like this, I mean, ladder matches are strange because Lars Sullivan was the one of the best parts of the best WWE ladder match in maybe its recent history, uh, which was the NXT North American title match. And Lars was one of the stars of that. He made it, and it's what coined the nickname, five, the ironic nickname, Five Stars Lars. Uh, and... Yet he hasn't put on a single good match other than, other than that ladder match. In ladder matches can make the uh, what's the word underappreciated feel appreciated in mm. the confines of kind of a half an hour melee. But after that, I don't see much else for Dana. I don't think she's going to get the same attention that someone like Nikki does purely because of her character. But she was good in this. She, I think, she was more than just fodder in this. The interesting thing that I kind of saw happening, but actually it was quite, it was better than I thought it would, was the Sonya and Mandy stuff, the teasing stuff. Sonya helping Mandy climb up, bit of James Ellsworth um, recollection. Uh, and then obviously, yeah, the, the whole thing with the Eclipse and after that and Bailey winning it at the end. So, yeah, so that was cool. That was that was a nice ending and, and a fun match. It wasn't great technically, but the spots were all really fun. 
Yeah, and no, I'm just look. I've got Wikipedia open for the for the car, and it only went 13 minutes, which for me feels quite short for a yeah, definitely. Like it felt longer too. Mm, normally, so the the frenzied start and stuff, it, it felt like a like a good hour ago when you're watching the match, but it was it wasn't that long, which is a surprise. Um, I won't ask you about Bailey because obviously she comes back later on. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. So we'll move on to one of the first of the big disappointments of the night. Uh, probably one of two disappointments of the night, possibly. Maybe a couple. No, I forgot about Brock. One of three yeah, disappointments yeah. of Don't the night. Worry, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we got Rey Mysterio defeating Samoa Joe, which is. I, I don't think it's fine, but it is fine. But the way he was beaten is just stupid. And I know that apparently they called it short because of the, um, well, his nose blowing up pretty much. But mm. how many feuds... Apparently does... it was supposed to go an extra 10 minutes until his nose just went... Mm. Yeah. But how many feuds does Joe have to be in to get an actual proper match? Because every, every feud he's been in has some bullshit finish. Well, yeah, it was the same with WrestleMania, wasn't it? With the mm. short finish, that was because Ray. To be fair, Ray was yeah. completely injured. He should. He had no right to even mm-hmm. be wrestling that match. He was. He was crocked. But it is annoying that Joe isn't being allowed to make the US title just a pure thing of dominance, and while at the same time having cracking matches. It seems like it's not like it's just chance going against him. Um, this definitely was the finish that they booked, though. They just decided to go shorter, which is curious because why? It, it's it's a shame how often they throw their refs under the bus, even for storylines. Um, but this one didn't really seem to make sense. They could have done it in myriad other ways. Uh I get that they want to introduce Dominic so or involve Dominic because he's already been introduced. So that was probably the reason to have Joe <coughs> excuse me, come out and, and just be really mad and slam right after the match. But uh, I think they could have done that without... Well, could they? Would the impact have been as significant if he hadn't lost the title? Because I think it's still clear that this is to get Joe the title back. Um, probably via choking out Dominic, which we all want to see. Um, but it is a shame that they will refuse to let him have that really long title reign where his matches mean something because this was kind of a disappointment for a match that promised a lot. Really, really disappointment. But at the same time, Ray's great, so at least it's not Jinder Mahal or something that is taking the title off in civil linings and all that. Mm. Yeah, you make a good point about Samoa Joe having a long title run, though, because he is still excellent. He is the best character in the company. He just is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And He's also the best talker in the company right now. Oh, God, yeah, it's not even close. Um, He's putting over Rey Mysterio, who I'm not sure how long he has on his deal and stuff, but he's apparently he got injured after the match. Anyway, I'm not sure if it was storyline or legit or whatever, but he, he got injured before WrestleMania. He's apparently injured now. He's obviously old. I don't. It seems like yes. a waste of Samoa Joe putting over someone who I think is probably older than Samoa Joe. Yeah, if it was Ali, mm. it'd be class. 
because you'd be like, all right, well, clearly it's just to annoy Joe, so he just brutalizes him. But I think this is more done to make Joe look good. Like, that's the point of Ray, because Joe will get his title back, and he'll probably brutalize Dominic while he does it. I think the issue with Ray is, yes, he's old, but he's also, like, freakishly excellent still. Yeah, like, yeah. He's, he's genuinely, he's, he's, he's the work he's putting on now is better than some of the work he was doing in 2008, 2009. And that means he's going much farther in matches. He's not doing a Goldberg or a, even, well, no. The other one is, the other curious thing is John Cena was always safe, right? But his end, the end of his run, he was putting on matches with AJ where he was doing all sorts of mad stuff. <laughs> and that's what, uh, we'll come on to it later, but AJ Seth, at least for the first three quarters, reminded me of that Cena-AJ Rumble match where it was just ludicrous, the stuff they were pulling out. Ray now, some of the stuff he was doing in like kind of as soon as he returned to WWE was excellent. Like and he's he's wrestling at a level that he hadn't seen we hadn't seen since he won the world title back in two thousand six. And I think that might have just caught up with him and caught up with his body. Um so I can't put any I can't attribute any of the blame to Ray. I understand where they're going creatively. It's just a bit disappointing that Joe finally gets this title. And it's kind of mired in unfortunate injuries and this and that. It's also the second time Joe's t- had a title match annoyed by blood or not ruined because the first one was quite good. I'm not sure if you remember Joe versus Bala at TakeOver. Mm. Might have been Brooklyn 3 or something like that. Brooklyn 2 maybe. I can't remember. The TakeOver match anyway where his nose or his eye busted open. The ref was stopping the match every five minutes. And that gave it a real competitive sense. Um, I would have liked if they did something like this with Joe just being like, well, I don't care how much blood is there is. I'm not losing my title. But obviously they went a different way. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. I'm always willing to see how it plays out. But as of right now, it's just a bit frustrating, yeah. As long as we get Dominic chalked out, they're starting to piss me off. It needs to exactly. Happen. He's still conscious, and that is not good. Exactly. He needs to be just choked out. Although he did have a good, they did have a good line where he referenced. Uh, well, Cesaro was the one who said, "He even is he even your father?" And every wrestling fan who watched has watched for more than oh Jesus, over fifteen years old now. I was like, "No, it's not. It's Eddie Guerrero. It's Eddie Guerrero. We know this. <laughs> Eddie Guerrero is actually Dominic's father." Uh, but uh, yeah, no, the whole Samoa Joe, I'll, I'll destroy your puppy um don't worry dominic you'll have plenty of time to spend with him once he's injured once i've <laughs> choked him out that was that's nice yeah. you can always count on joe to make things personal and brilliant he's always caring for families as joe he wants he wants people he wants fathers to spend time with their sons <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly uh, and he wants aj to spend time with his lovely wife Wendy. exactly even though he was kind of a bit stalkerish it was coming from a good place Exactly. He he's he is definitely the best family planner in the world. <laughs> um second disappointment of the night. Shane McMahon defeating the Miz, which is Oh, I don't know. I think this uh, was excellent. I think it was excellent and then it was soured by the rope break. I think the finish was brilliant. Uh, they they whoever's coming up with these finishes, I guarantee you it's not Shane. So we'll take him <laughs> out of it. Um, but if, if it's Miz or if it's an agent back there, the finishes are, have for both WrestleMania and this have been excellent. 
But when Michael Cole is commenting on a referee blunder that is a, definitely a referee blunder, it's definitely not planned, then that's that was the point where you just go, oh, God. They, uh, they are well, they're not, they're, they're referees threw themselves under the bus at this point. Um, but, yeah, the rope break in a steel cage match, not good. The finish, trying to hit the superplex and, and squirrely out of his shirt, good. So I can see where you're coming from, but at the same time, I did kind of like this match. Oh, no, I, I, I did not like it at all. Uh, I, the rope break was one thing. I just thought it didn't... It just didn't... It just seemed like cheesy shite compared to the first one where it felt kind of real, the WrestleMania one. It felt like a proper feud, whereas this one, it felt like a 50-year-old Nick man in a shitty gimmick match. <laughs> yeah. I can see, yeah. I, I definitely see that this feud is being held up by how popular The Miz has become and... How good to be fair, Shane's an excellent heel. He's just not an excellent mm-hmm. wrestler. Yeah. And that is very <laughs> clear. Yeah, that's the problem. I mean it, it was difficult to finish it after WrestleMania, but it's weird having Shane feuding with the Miz and Roman at the same time and it's just getting Yeah, that's and... that's the other weird thing. There's this oh this wild card is so annoying. <laughs> Having uh, just the, the Miz is on Raw now, so you think, well, all right, he's only going to fight, fight Shane when Shane comes to Raw, but then Shane's on Raw every week now. He's feuding with Roman. He's feuding with got Elias mixed up in the whole thing. It's just terrible. It's just awful. Long-term thinking needs to be brought back to WWE. It's no wonder Triple H is reportedly, although it's the report seems more accurate by the day as more and more people confirm it, the most annoyed man in, in all of the WWE, most frustrated man in all of the WWE right now, because it's just long-term planning, please. Yeah. <laughs> you look at NXT and, and the storylines they've delivered in the last two years, and then you look at Shane McMahon, the two of your top faces. <laughs> Not good. Not good at all. Not um, good. Yeah. Um, next match, we had Tony Nies v. Arya Davari in the non-pre-show match. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the weird, non-weirdly placed because it wasn't placed in the Game of Thrones finale and it wasn't placed in the pre-show and the crowd didn't react well to it at all. Uh, I like Tony Nies as a wrestler, but he doesn't have the charisma to pull off a face run as a champ. Coming from Buddy was always going to be difficult, but yeah. Buddy Murphy was so, so good with that title, and it feels like Tony Nese is just kind of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we had a fancy entrance. <laughs> yeah, the Davari entrance was cool. I liked that. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. That's, it was a very, and when he, the running Nese as well, his finisher, the way he wins, it's not very climactic. You want your finishes to be a build-up or to be like, oh, oh yeah, because that'll at least pop the crowd. If, if the worst match in the world will still have the crowd interested in whether a move finishes them off, but the running niece in the corner is kind of just a yeah, it's a cool knee strike. Oh, he's dragging him off. Oh, it's three. Cool. There's not much yeah. you can do with that. 
And even as someone who watches doesn't watch two or five live with myself, I never once thought Ari Davari could win. <laughs> no, definitely not. No, it was yeah, uh, yeah. It's a post Buddy Murphy era. Post Buddy is it? We'll call it. Uh, and it's definitely suffering from his departure. I'll say that. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Um, but that's enough about that match, because there's nothing really to talk about there. Um, Becky Lynch's first match was up next. Uh, again, another referee being... It's not a botch, but God, he, he he took his bloody time getting into position and it looked a right mess. He did. And the thing was, yes, I like the idea that a ref... Because refs seem too mechanical at times. The ref being like, no, the shoulder's not down. No, the shoulder's not down is good. But the shoulder was down for a good two seconds after. He did his, he did his like, the shoulder's not down, the shoulder went down. Then Becky's shoulder was down. And then two seconds went on and he still didn't count. And then he went to count and then Becky reversed it. So it was a good finish, but it was a mistake included in that good finish. My thing was, this was Lacey's chance to prove that she could hang. And the match was not very good. Especially when you I don't want to say put it up against, but when you compare it to the fact that Becky and Charlotte is this this generation's kind of Cena Orton, Cena Edge. In fact, it's probably better than both of those because the, the matches have been better and it's been more compelling storytelling with Becky's turn. Um, it's it's this meteoric rivalry that will last forever in terms of the annals of history and Lacey kind of just paled in comparison to that. She's a great character. I really like what they've done with her. She's very unique, especially on the mic, and she's not bad in the ring, but she never really had a standout match in NXT that made you go, right, she can hang, and she hasn't had one on the main roster. So work rate-wise, there is something to do there. But I did like the way they booked the entire women thing overall, going from women's money in the bank to Lacey costing Becky the SmackDown women's title to, as we'll come to in a sec, Bailey cashing in. I think that was a nice arc told over an entire night. The trouble Mm. comes from having one money in the bank already used and another one on someone who doesn't need it, which we'll come to later. But in terms of the women, Becky is... Still so, so over. And it's so good to say that it's not just a fad. That uh, and the, the, the WWE 24 on Becky afterwards just only increased that um, because oh, she's just great. She's just brilliant. I do need to watch that. <laughs> I mm. will watch that. Um, you, you mentioned Lacey Evans there. She obviously had... A decent little spell at NXT without... I don't think she challenged for the uh, title. If I can't remember, but I don't think she did. She she did, a, she did a couple of times on TV, but it was never anything serious. Yeah, right. Um, And I think she's only had one match against Natalia, And I can't remember any others on TV after that. Um, Do you think she's ready for this type of program? She's kind of just... She was rumoured to take the title off Asuka at WrestleMania. Obviously, that changed massively. Um, and then she's obviously been put in with what was the most overface in the company before Kofi, I imagine, um, had his explosion. But it's just it just seems like the fast-track someone who's not really ready for it. They did do that, yeah. But at the same time... 
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Oh. There wasn't. I, I, it should have been Ruby. It should have been Ruby, right? Mm. But I can see why Vince likes Lacey. Um, <laughs> yes. Not not <laughs> just not just the what as Becky said the fact that they have a type which is blonde hair, big boobs, uh, southern cadence. Um, it's also the character. He he, I, he likes in, interesting characters. For to his ultimate credit, he is good at doing interesting things with interesting characters. So Lacey at that point makes sense, but at the same time, it was never really a, like about her. It was always going to be about uh, Becky and Charlotte going again for the upteeth time, and and Charlotte getting a win over Becky, which she desperately needed. That was one of the things that was underrated from this Charlotte actually beating Becky. Don't think she's done it since like SummerSlam. Mm. So yeah, she she definitely needed that. Yeah, I mean, what did you reckon of the second match? Obviously, the, these two have put on some classic matches and moments, with, especially that SummerSlam one. But this one just kind of, it kind of felt like it was built for the aftermath rather than the actual match. It's definitely, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't say any better than that. It was built for the aftermath. It was a couple of, all right, let's get some good spots going. Let's build the crowd up. Lacey comes in, costs Becky, everyone's angry. Okay, here comes Bailey. Now the crowd pops. And they did. They played their role perfectly. Um, it was telegraphed nicely with Bailey cashing in and being like, oh, is she actually going to win? Because Charlotte's just been gone face first in the turnbuckle. But you never know. Just come on. But as soon as she hit that elbow, I think everyone just went, all right, let's go. Let's go. It's time. Because uh, Bailey's been um, much better lately. I think it, I think it was you who actually said it in the, in the chat that uh, – she's good when she's not just hugging everyone when she's actually got mm. like motivation and a reason to do something. She's actually quite good. Um, and that's exactly what they've done to her now to try and make her more serious. And, uh, it worked a treat. Yeah. Do you think it, do you think it's right long term to, to get some fresh blood into this Becky Charlotte feud? Cause that has been going on for 
nearly a year now, SummerSlam. Not yeah, too far yeah. Away. undoubtedly, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely needed fresh blood. It definitely needed um, to be separated for a little while. Becky's probably yeah. going to end up on, well, for what good is worth saying, Becky's probably going to be on Raw, we think, for a while. Um, Lacey... The Lacey feud probably is going to continue. Hopefully that involves Ruby sometime soon. Uh, but I guess, yeah, the X factor is um, when does Shayna Baszler turn up? When does she lose the NXT title, women's title is probably the most prescient question before that. And is Ronda going to come back by next WrestleMania? Because you can definitely see Becky being hot and keeping that momentum uh, as far as next year's WrestleMania. Becky versus Ronda is kind of the match that everyone wants to see after Becky won, after we had Becky two belts. Um, and if Shane is there, we could get, I mean, it's hard to see Shane not being in the main event picture of one of the two shows purely because she's that good and she's been built up so strongly. And now that they don't have Ronda, you need that legit badass to come in and, and shake up the women's division. Uh, and Shayna and, and her two horsewomen fit that bill. As of right now, Bailey is the champ, makes sense for Charlotte. Becky is the champ, makes sense for Lacey. But it's hard to see where they go after this. Um, given Asuka's in the tag team, they'll probably feud with the Iconics. Uh, and Ruby's kind of hanging in the wings, but there aren't many other big women heels on Raw. We've already talked about how Lex is basically turning babyface. Uh, so, yeah, so the women's division is kind of perched up for these two feuds and then not much after that. So, yeah, that'll be the interesting thing is which program takes precedence or whether they just click the panic button and go back to Becky and Charlotte. I, I'm not sure what you think, but I don't think we should see Becky and Charlotte again until maybe SummerSlam. Next year, SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that. I think um, the Sasha situation hasn't helped um, because she was obviously one of the uh, probably top four um, people. Uh, whether they were going to split the tag team if, anyway, uh, it would have helped to have someone else in the in the talent pool. Um, as you said, the, the outside of the, the top ones, there's not really much going on. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, and happens with Sasha if she comes back, if she buggers off, whatever. They can react to it one way or another. Bailey... Bailey v um Shayna would be quite good, I think. If if they built up Bailey to proper NXT Bailey, I think that could be the, the probably the dream feud that <laughs> they would have loved to have um in the first place. Um mm, Yeah, I think you're right. I think that was that was the one that could have saved the SmackDown Women's title at Mania. But I don't think Shayna was ready and I don't think Bailey yeah. was in any position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's I think that's something they can really build towards WrestleMania the, uh, next year. Um if if Bailey keeps the belt or drops it and then gets it back, I think that's something you could build towards with that. But yeah, I do I do agree. We definitely need a a break, a long break from Charlotte v Becky. Um, not even a, not even one off at Survivor Series unless they're going to do the Horseman. Yeah, thing. that's well, that's what I don't I don't want them to have a one off Survivor Series match. I don't want them to do. It. I want them to wait a year until they have another match. Maybe stretching it too far, but another program. Just don't have it for another year. Let us yeah. want it again keep them apart um, because you 
well, well, it depends if Ronda's coming back, but supposing Ronda versus Becky is the plan for next Mania, that's what you build to for next Mania. And then after that, SummerSlam would be the perfect, yeah, you know, the perfect kind of bed to re-engage that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And WWE be fresh off the um, the superstar shakeup of that year, where it doesn't matter oh, at God. all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so where anyway, nothing matters, yeah, nothing, nothing matters. matters whatsoever. Well, it's going to be. It's like another. I mean, we'll talk about later with Brock, but the the Fox SmackDown deal is becoming more and more bemusing because we got we literally got briefed. Like every wrestling journalist was saying the exact same thing: Fox is going to be more sporty. Fox wants Daniel Cormier. Fox wants this, and Fox wants that, and they want to be individual. And I don't think you can do that without a brand split. And now part of the reason that the superstar shakeup got muddled so much is apparently Fox, but mostly kind of the ratings dip. So I just don't know what, what this wild card rule is actually going to consist of what it means, what the future's for it. It's just weird. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. It's, it's just, just a strange situation. Um, and especially, well, they wanted to keep Andrade for his for the Hispanic on and stuff like that. It's just, it's just very, very strange. Um, the Fox deal, but does that does that come in effect November? I think it is. Yeah, October, November. Yeah. yeah. So that'll, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, sooner than you think as well. Mm. Yeah, it does sneak up on you. I mean, as soon as Summer Slam's out the way, <laughs> it it's build up survivors. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. It just sneaks up straight away. Um. Kind of a disappointment, but I was never expecting anything from this match. It was Roman v Elias. Elias obviously got beat, but there were shenanigans beforehand where he attacked him. We got a full concert, which is just a rarity. Um, Obviously, Elias is unfortunately never really going to be the top guy, but his booking's been proper shit for a while now, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I know we differ in that I liked this and, and you and Andy didn't. Uh, I don't think the match was necessary. I think Roman Elias probably wouldn't have lived up to much Billy. And I prefer Elias to have a concert every every night than a match. Oh, yes. But ever since he moved to SmackDown, the whole thing with Shane has been very weird. Even before that, his alliances with, with Corbin and that. That's and never a good Stuff point. he was doing on Raw is just, ah, it just didn't work. So yeah, his booking hasn't been great, but they are getting his performances right because they, they're having him serenade stars backstage. They're having the whole, uh, what's the word? The walk with Elias turned on its head because he will get everyone to say walk with Elias right before he disses the crowd, which causes them to boo massively. He is still brilliant. So that is good. But yeah, he hasn't really had a high profile feud for a while that has ended up with a decent match. So I don't think that's necessary though, which I think is the magic of Elias is that his five star matches is a three minute rock concert where everybody's booing. Um, and that <laughs> the segment with Kevin Owens, uh, <laughs> where they get booed Seattle. for a good yeah in Seattle, yeah, where they get booed for a good fifteen minutes is his kind of he's his 
five star match. It's it's his grand grand masterpiece. Uh, and following that, he did. He's just every every concert. He just keeps turning it up. And he just keeps getting there. And and he even got. I've been waiting for this for so long. He even got the thank you for listening. Goodbye. I love none of you. Which I was, which <laughs> made me laugh so hard. And I just went yes. And then it keeps Roman looking strong because. As much as that is now a meme line, make Roman look strong, it's not about just Roman winning everything anymore. It's about, we can okay, we can actually do genuine redemption arcs with him, but we need to keep him out of the title picture because people won't like that right now, which is why they had the whole Shane and Elias thing. I think um, Roman is still the big dog, and the way I translate that is he's still the one who sees himself as kind of the undertaker role if you extrapolate that not as a character but as a role taker used to win matches quickly all the time he used to put people away with a finisher he used to be very 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 well protected and of course it was undertaker that was fine but roman is in that sort of role where he doesn't need to be in the title scene but he does need to still look like a million bucks coming out of the leukemia story he is very over uh, we saw it on in um, New York. We saw in a lot of the kind of big wrestling cities, he is getting pops now. Um, I think they could do without lying on video packages like they did on Raw, where they said WrestleMania 32 was Roman's great triumph, and they they showed fans cheering in the crowd. That definitely didn't happen. <laughs> I, think, I think they need to do less retroactive stuff and more, well, He's conquered leukemia and now nothing's going to stop him because he's a badass. And yeah, the whole thing of like, I'm not Roman, I'm Joe in Hawaii, he became likable. Um, so I think Elias is the unfortunate recipient of the, the Roman treatment now, but I don't think the Roman treatment's anywhere near as bad as it once was. I really, really like Roman Reigns and I'm not ashamed to say that. If you asked me that this time last, last year, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not quite so sure my support of Roman would go down well, but he is... Well, he's also... That spear looks good, and he makes it work. Like, he makes it look good, and he makes it pay off. It's not like Lars, where every time he hits the powerbomb, it's the exact same. He's done eight of them now, where he's just like, yep, all right, you can hit a powerbomb. <laughs> oh, lovely. What else you got for me? Roman at least has the personality. He has the uh, intensity, and he has the explosiveness to be like, all right, that was a cool spear. All right, that was fun. Okay, he's just put on an absolute cracker of a match. All right, so that's I mean that's why he's the meat dog. That's why he's the, make Roman look strong. But um, yeah, no, I didn't I didn't mind this so much because it did make Roman look like a million bucks. It didn't harm Elias. It didn't give us a match that probably wouldn't have been great. And we can now move on from this. Going well, Roman doesn't have to be in the title picture. Elias doesn't have to go be irrelevant now. It's more a case of like right. What's next? How are they going to make him look good now? Um, just hopefully that, that that doesn't get dragged down by Shane. I think we'll probably see a handicap match between Elias and Shane and Roman, and that probably is going to be taking it too far. Yeah, that's the problem. That's, I, I just really want Elias away, away from Shane and the mid-card of evil. Um, yeah, there's so many the people. mid-card of evil. Yeah, people need to get away from Baron Corbin and Bobby Lashley. Yeah. They're really good. Uh, at least, like, I, the main event of Raw was just 
from a, a, a superficial perspective without considering storyline or matches was gross because it had Baron Corbin and Bobby Lashley together. But <laughs> as long as those two are together, they can't corrupt anybody else. The issue is going to be if Drew starts saying, oh, my associate, my accomplice, Baron Corbin, because then he's going to get dragged out into, as you said, the mid-card of evil, and that's not good. Them two should just just give up and make a tag team and ruin that division. Yeah. <laughs> they really should, because Bobby just, Lashley's yeah. not going to do anything. He's just going to get battered by Braun and Super. Especially now that oh, we, didn't, I mean, we didn't do our news at the start of the show, but Leo Rush changed his uh, profile to... Uh, get rid of the WWE and added his bookings email in. So the suggestion is he's done. Uh, mm. I don't think it's going to come as either a big surprise nor a great miss. He seems to think he's about twice as good as he actually is. He's too small to ever really do anything. When he was on 205 Live, he used to complain a lot. And even though he was an excellent manager for Lashley, that did have a shelf life. So, yeah. where to for Lashley for now? Wow. He's just not very good. Uh, he's just not very good at all. Yeah, for me, it does look like his his new ceiling should be the tag team division. He needs to be put with someone who can carry him. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually, yeah. yeah um, kind of a similar situation, but not as bad as probably... Cesaro and Sheamus. Sheamus is much, much, much better yes. than Bobby Lashley. And Sheamus, to be fair to Sheamus, he got much better in the tag team. He was more charismatic in yes. the bar. So maybe that'll happen to Bobby. It won't, but yeah. maybe it will. They'll need to find someone who's absolutely perfect for him. They won't, but yes. it'll be interesting yeah. to see what they do with him, because if they put him and Baron together, I will just turn off the TV. <laughs> yeah. That's the most problem. That's the problem. And there. I like Baron Corbin as well. He's an annoying heel like he's irritating except it just it's he's irritating when you have him like he's okay let me rephrase that he's not irritating when he wins all the bloody time when he's in money in the bank all the bloody time and when he's in main events all the bloody time that's not when he's annoying that's when he just grates you because mm-hmm. you yeah. you're sick of seeing him he's annoying when he comes out in the middle of a awesome i don't know say Roman and, and Seth finally have a showdown and Roman's like, all right, that title, I'm coming for it. And then Brock comes out and you're just like, oh, oh, hell, Brock's got the money in the bank. What's going to happen? And then Baron Corbin's music hits and you go, what is this little tweeb doing here? But it's fine because that's his supposed. That's what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to be annoying and antagonistic. And it's not quite X-Parkade. I don't think it's anywhere close to X-Parkade. But he's, he's the uh, little shit, even though he's over six foot four. He is the little shit. Uh, and for me, that should be his role, not constantly being in every Raw main event and just giving us the same matches over and over. It's not how And stop fighting in a suit. Thank God. Yeah, well, just, just stop. It doesn't look good. Go back to your old... Now you've lost your hair. You can do so much more than a... <laughs> Vest. Thing is, his old gear was cool. That was one of his better. Yeah, things. it was excellent. <laughs> no, yeah, looks like his a old gear was excellent. He looks like a drunken dad on the fucking out on the pitch <laughs> yeah. on a Friday. It's it's yeah. not a good look. In a Weatherspoons. Yes, at four a.m. Absolutely. Um, highlights time. We got one of the best WWE matches in a hell of a long time. 
Um, yep, one of the best area matches I've ever seen. We said it earlier. Earmarked compared to AJ versus John Cena. Funnily enough, one of those men was in this very match because they're brilliant. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. There's so much we can talk about in in, in this yeah. match. It it's always tough with the WWE because the tent the tent to start slow and then it just explodes. But I have to just talk about one spot in particular. The Styles on, Clash. Yeah. That what? What? <laughs> what? How do you do that? How? I mean, and it it wasn't. Clean, like it wasn't the cleanest, but that made it even better. The slight stumble it had to get balanced that made you just go, "How the hell has he actually held him there? What has he done?" It's oh, it was immaculate. It was so perfect. It was one of the best counters I've ever seen. Funnily enough, a lot of the best counters I've ever seen are from Seth Rollins. Think of the RKO, yeah. the pedigree from Roman Spear. Um, and this, and just these two. I mean, I knew it was going to be good, but I don't know why I thought, yeah, but it's not the main event. I don't know. They could, like, AJ, yeah, AJ Bryan was slightly disappointing. This was, oh, I don't know. It's going to be good, but is it going to be that good? And then they took that gave me the middle finger and said, yes, it's going to be that good. It's going to be better than that good, you little ungrateful shit. Take this and enjoy it because we're going to give you one of the best WWE matches you've ever seen because guess what? We're two of the best that's ever done this in the ring. Uh, it's just, ah, oh, this is why we need a universal champion that's on Raw every week because Seth Rollins is brilliant in the ring and you just accept that and you just go, yeah, he's brilliant in the ring. What can I get? And then... Him and AJ come out after a, not lackluster, it was a decent but difficult to book face versus face feud. And they go, right, we're going to put on an absolute wrestling clinic. We're going to tear the roof off this place. We're going to give you the best WWE match of the year. Probably the best WWE match since AJ versus Cena at the Rumble. And just blow the freaking roof off the place. Uh, it's just, I can't talk about this match enough because it's so good. One of those moments that make you go, I don't care if the rest of this show is Baron Corbin and Bobby Lashley doing a dance off, doing all 15 matches on the card, but just repeated in different. If we, as long as we got this, it made it all worthwhile. It was just in, it's just unbelievable. I couldn't word it better myself. It, it was just fucking Fan fucking tastic. Um, do you think this feud still has legs? I think the rumors are it's going to be Seth v Carbon. Um, but whether Brock, it's Brock v Seth at um Saudi Super Shit Show. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> do you I f- like the alliteration there? Yeah. Saudi Super Shit Show. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, the fact that Brock has money in the bank means they won't do any more big time matches, I don't think, because it, it the story is going to be more about Brock and Seth than whoever Seth's facing, which is why Corbin makes sense, even if it's going to be a dreary match. Uh, it feels like this was the this was Vince telling us, I'm going to put Brock in the main event scene again, and this is going to make you happy before that. It's like he was conditioning us to just accept it because he's like, 
just remember you got Seth versus AJ. Just remember <laughs> Seth, AJ, when Brock has the money in the bank and he's holding it to his head like a boombox, which is brilliant. Remember <laughs> Seth versus AJ, Seth versus AJ, Seth versus AJ. So I, from that perspective, I don't think we see it again for a while. Um, there's also people AJ can feud with on Raw as well that kind of he hasn't seen in a while. So I'd like to see maybe Seth. Uh, well, it's hard to it's hard to build Drew back up considering he hasn't done anything. Yeah, that's, but that's Seth a whole versus other Drew. Wow. <laughs> yeah, at SummerSlam, I'd like to see Seth versus Drew. But then we've also got a tease lately. And when I say lately, I mean in the last day or so, that Brock's going to announce which champion he's going for. Mm. Which, to me, makes sense, right? Because Brock doesn't want to do two shows a week. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> want to be like, I'm coming to SmackDown and I'm like, you're raw. He wants to say, I, all right, this is who I'm going for. Book me once a week, if that. Book me once a month, if you can. Don't make me carry this thing around between cities. Um, so I think he, I don't think he's going to do a brawn and be like, I'm coming after Seth at the greatest Saudi show we'd ever, and I'm going to cash in. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Brock's going to say, um, I'm going to go after you, Seth, or you, Kofi. The more I think about it, the more it's probably going to be Kofi. Uh, and I'm going to hunt you down. And I'm going to wait for the right time. I'm going to be omnipresent, and I'm going to stalk well, some brothers are stalking someone. It sounds fucking dangerous, to be honest. But um, I'm going to be the one that lurking there, and when the time's right, I'm going to cash in on you rather than doing the rather stupid Braun Strowman thing of saying, I'm a, I'm not going to sneak up behind your back. I'm going to cash on you face-to-face and then lose. The one thing I think we can be guaranteed is that Brock won't lose, which makes me think, yeah, Seth mm-hmm. versus uh, Drew at SummerSlam makes all of the sense. Yeah, I think I think SummerSlam's enough time to fix Drew, but he's still with yeah. Sh- he's with Shane for the foreseeable, which is not good. Yes, his what did he call him? His his accomplice or something? Oh, his, I can't remember. Yeah, his his insurance policy or some shit. Like yeah, that. Jesus, yeah, which is pure shite. Um, yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where Seth goes after this hopefully it's not Corbin but anyway it's not going to be as good as this whatever it's going to be unless it's AJ again but um, next match was in a difficult spot of following that crowd wasn't into it that much but watching it from home obviously I really enjoyed Kofi v Kevin Owens it was great it was what's the word almost prototypical of what you wanted a clean face versus heel, no shenanigans on the outside match to be. But it had the added edge of KO being brilliant and Kofi being really over. I'm surprised by how over Kofi still is, given that it was a, a moment, but then I'm sort of unsurprised given that Kofi's really good. It's kind of that that back and forth. But it was it was really good. I really enjoyed it and well, I mean, let's let's be specific here. It wasn't the most what's the word? It wasn't the exact following to AJ versus uh, Seth because you forget Lars Sullivan was here oh, and he yeah. destroyed the Lucha House party <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. So there was enough time to 
between uh, the two title matches. And then, yeah, Kofi pinning Kevin Owens clean. Really good. Really, really fun match. Kofi is, like I said earlier, being booked ridiculously strongly. He's got like 40 matches unbeaten now. It's This is genuinely like a main event, main event, main event man that we're seeing. It's not just a Jinder Mahal. Um, so yes, it's, uh, it was a really good match and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the program too. I think Owens mm. is a good foil for Kofi and not having Big E kind of hindered the new day, but they did something really good with it. Yeah. I, I really like, I really like this program as well. Do you think it's going to continue after Super Saudi shit show? Yeah, I think so. I think the fact that KO didn't go to Saudi means it's going to continue afterwards because they've probably got another match in the Big East back. We saw on SmackDown a good pro, uh, a good promo from Ziggler, but that can't last. And with Brian in the tag division, Andrade probably messing with um, Finn. Buddy's probably not ready yet. They won't do a wild card match for either of the main titles. I don't think. <laughs> don't tease. Don't tease them. <laughs> don't want to. <laughs> I swear, if if someone like. If Bobby Lashley shows up on SmackDown, oh, it's up, like I'm taking your title. I'm gonna, I'm just, oh, I'm gonna turn it off. Um, yeah, Randy's the only other one I can think of. Mm, that makes sense, to be fair. I think that makes more sense than Dolph, but we need a Dolph for the Saudi show. Um, so. Yeah, no, I think Randy's the only one I can see other than KO, but I think the KO one will go on for a little while. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing this go to SummerSlam and then whatever happens with Brock either way, but we'll we'll know more about that next week. Um, yeah. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Probably not, not a five-star classic like the previous one, but definitely four-ish for me, <laughs> probably fair to say. Um, KO, bit of a weird return so far, but he's been in some good matches, um, which is mm-hmm. always good to see. They- to be fair, they turned him heel out of necessity because Brian yeah. got injured and they had no one else. So when you think about that, it makes sense. Yeah, I just really hope they don't end up putting him in the, like after this program, they don't put him in like the tag team division with Sammy. I mean, that'd be brilliant, but I don't want it to happen. <laughs> yeah. I wonder which, because they're on separate shows and that was clearly intentional. That doesn't matter. <laughs> There's also a bit of news that came out the other day that Sami Zayn... At first, his first couple of promos were him, Sami Zayn, yeah. coming up with his own thing. And ever since then, Vince has tried, he's basically been writing his promos as a you can vent. You can really tell. And I think Sami's character is at risk of getting, of losing what it's supposed to be, which is kind of, you people are entitled, and yet he feels entitled. Like, he's saying, like, oh, you people can all go to hell. You people don't deserve me. You're just complainers, which is a good character because you juxtapose that with Sami Zayn, who is slimeball, who feels entitled to certain things, you know, the classical heel stuff. But now I think they're at risk of it just being complaining about how much complaining there is and then being your standard chicken shit heel, which would be a real disservice to Sami. Um, but it was also curious to note that KO and Sami Zayn, they're still being referred to as best friends, but they, their, their interactions aren't all that amicable. You know, they're still helping each other, but KO, there was a thing I saw on Twitter, um, from a really, really good account 
that uh, yeah, KO doesn't look at Sammy. He, he's kind of looking at the new day and looking at Kofi, but even after their interactions, he's quite frosty. Doesn't look at him. So that could be something curious that they might go back to. I think uh, I doubt they're going to be a tag team. So that should help your fears a bit because I don't think it makes sense right now. Yeah, uh, weirdly, I think Sammy could possibly be perfect for the twenty four seven title. <laughs> I think that could yeah, really work. that'd be good because he could be he could provide some kind of credence to it and still be like, no one's taking this from me. I think the man who is going to get the 24-7 title to make it mean something is Braun. And it'll be a series of people Ugh. on both shows coming out to challenge him, almost like the United States Open Challenge, being like, all right, come on then. Um, but I, I've, I've said this before on Twitter, and I've said this in the group, I think Braun is uh, quite overrated at this stage. I don't understand people who say he should be champion by now because he's just not very good hasn't put on great matches has been carried by Sami Zayn carried by Roman Reigns the matches a few of the matches with Roman weren't very good the matches with Brock were awful his program with Kane was dreadful fucking hell he's just yeah (laughs) he's a worse big show but he's good for the current he's big show for the modern era because he's quick but he's a worse big show yeah the thing is big show was much, much more well rounded. <laughs> yeah, he could, absolutely. He, his story, he, his storytelling was ten times, if not hundred times, yeah. better. Absolutely. And even people like Kane, he was much more better rounded. I well, mean, Kane could tell a story brilliantly. His yeah. character work was phenomenal. And he could put on, he put on good matches. Yeah, he, he, he's yeah, not. He's yeah. not quite great, Carly, but he's he's definitely not the two I mentioned as well. It's, yeah, it's a weird one. It is a very weird one. I mean, the fact he's not even been given the mid card title either. It's very. It, it's very. It's strange, well. isn't it? Yeah. But then you can't see him actually using that mid card title well because at least the Intercontinental US have both been less about the kind of prestige of the titles and more about the stories and matches. Mm. Like the US title has been based off the matches. Intercontinental titles had some excellent storytelling around it. Yeah, I can't see where Braun fits into that at all. He's just kind of in limbo, just there. Mm. The only reason you'd use him in that is if you really wanted to build someone up who's not ready for the the big one, I suppose. But, I mean, Finn would probably have been perfect for that if he was to beat Braun, for example. He's already got the title, yeah, so it doesn't But at the matter. same time, he got the, yeah, exactly. He got the title from Lashley and got to bring out the demon as well. So, yeah, mm. and that kind of did its job. I forgot the worst of the demon on Lashley. Oh, shit, was they that? Got, well, <laughs> they, to be fair, yeah, I, I like that they brought it out at WrestleMania. We hadn't seen it forever, and he won. But apparently, they're going to bring it out in Saudi. That's yeah. a real waste. That's a that's awful. Yeah, at but it's fine. It's match. not canon. It's fine. It's not canon. Yeah. It'll be fine. It'll be a Brit. It'll be a fucking special match as well. I imagine it would be class. Yeah. yeah. Um. Last match. Uh. Shall we the split? Yes. Yeah, shall we split this into pre-Brock and Brock? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. So obviously, Sami Zayn was attacked apparently by Braun. Um. People were hoping it may have ended up being Bray or someone like that taking the spot I in the match. Think of. I think they might have done, but I reckon they might have done both. But mm. Bray had his baby, yeah, yeah, and that's completely fine and that's reasonable. Uh, and actually, the the promo on Monday Night Raw was quite good, even though it was pieced together with footage from his entrance video and his 
previous uh, iterations of um, friend, family, friend, fun time with Firefly Funhouse, as I've been referring to it. Uh, and so, yeah, so Bray coming in was gonna was always being teased, but I, I liked that they kind of pushed it back a bit. Yeah, I'm just, I can't wait. It's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be so good. Can we, like, me and you are very much the most enthusiastic ones about this. How, it's just going to be amazing seeing, because he's so brilliant at the little details. And, like, um, there's, there's a story that came out that Bray is just the best backstage promo guy in the company and that people go talk to him about writing promos and stuff. This is gonna be unreal. He's gonna be like, ah, oh, he's gonna be that that children's entertainer, but at the switch, he's gonna end up with a freaking Joker Slipknot mask, terrorizing little children at ringside. For one, he's gonna be scary as shit. He's gonna be just the, the creepiest, weirdest dude singing children's songs. His entrance video is probably gonna have photos of children saying or like the, like we saw in that that little clip being like let me in let me in let me in which is already freaky enough <laughs> and then he's gonna be out there just going come on let me in come on you know you want to you know you want to it's like a oh it's just um oh, i hate horror movies but the idea of those characters being presented in front of a live crowd oh, it's gonna be so good isn't it dude if, if his first programs with Rey Mysterio and he kidnaps Dominic I'm <laughs> oh yes. yes and he runs let me in on his head <laughs> and he's just like alright Dominic's mine now oh, it's gonna be amazing oh I just I can't fucking wait whether it's the next pay-per-view or even SummerSlam I'm all yeah it's, just, it's gonna be i'm fine special. with delaying it as long yeah. as you want it's just <laughs> gonna be class oh god i can't wait he needs yeah. a but anyway push. back to yes. back to brock back to pre-brock money yes. in the bank this match was awesome and they keep pulling out really good money in the bank matches because the i attribute it down to the people in them coming from the indies know how to do spots properly but they're being mixed with people from the WWE system who know how to do storytelling properly. And in a ladder match, those are the two things you need best. So the Finn spot where he gets freaking sunset flipped onto mm. the ladder, bounces eight feet in the air, was brilliant. But then so was Randy coming in and clearing house and knowing the exact opportune moment to strike because he was always in the background. And you just like... Uh, someone's climbing up halfway up to the ladder. All right, where's Orton? Jesus, all right, where's Orton? He's got to be around here somewhere. He's going to be lurking. Um, Ricochet breaking a ladder looked like it hurt. Uh, Andrade was good. Finn was excellent. Drew's Claymore kick looked savage. Even Baron did the storytelling well in this with the whole, I'll do anything. The choke slam on the ladder. Jesus Christ. (laughs) That was savage. Um, and, and even, uh, um, Ali, the, mm. um, what do you call it? Spanish fly from kind of halfway up the ladder. Yeah, that, yeah. Looked, that looked savage as well. It was just a lot of really, really intense spots. Uh, but they all tied together quite nicely to, to make some, for some good storytelling. Um, yeah. Mm. Who, who did you want to win pretty before the, the mess? after? Uh. Andrade, I thought Andrade could use it really well. Um, yeah, especially with Zelina being like, 
you know, senior money in the bank uh, and mm. just teasing it and teasing it and teasing it. Uh, but uh, it looks like he might go on an extended program with Finn, uh, which I'm okay with. So the one yeah. thing, the one person I didn't want to win it was Baron. <laughs> and I was really scared. <laughs> uh, and when Sammy was put into it, I was like, all right, he's definitely not going to win. But is there going to be some shenanigans here? Is Braun going to come out yeah. and steal it? Which would have been almost as bad as Baron winning it. Uh, Drew, I don't think was ever really in the equation, given how he's been booked. Um, Ricochet was in it for the flips. Randy was my second pick because I thought Him he'd be the one that. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He'd be the one that you genuinely are afraid of. I guess Brock works in that as well, where you're just like, oh, no, Brock's going to cash in. But I think the, oh, no, Randy's going to cash in is an awesome storytelling device that they could use. Uh, mm. but Especially the for the last the day, three months, all he's done is sneak up on people and RKO them. Yeah, and hit RKO. Exactly. That's exactly right. That's, I mean, it's not long-term booking. I won't give him that credit. But it is uh, his character, and the money in the bank would have been perfect for that. Like, literally, his character has been, you never see me coming. And imagine if you have the contract. Just like, oh, yeah, you never see me coming. I'm going to just cash in on a random SmackDown opening house, uh, opening opening house, opening promo when Kofi's talking to the fans. And then, oh, maybe I'll cash in, maybe I won't. But what we got, I certainly didn't expect, uh, which is something, at least. It is unexpected. Mm. I will give them credit. It is also not good, which... I will also call it because it's Brock and he doesn't need it for that. (laughs) And he didn't do anything in the match. And he just came out, pulled Ali off who apparently, well, apparently Ali knew that someone was going to come out and take the briefcase off him. So he knew he wasn't winning it, but everyone else thought Ali was winning it, which is just cruel. Uh, But I would have loved so much if, as Ali was on the top of the ladder, they hear Brock's music and Ali just goes, shit, I better hurry up then and just pulls down the contract. That would have been class. runs off. Yeah, it's just like, see ya. Um, That would have been fantastic. Um, But no, just, uh, he doesn't need it, does he? You could book Brock lurking without the money in the bank. But at the same time, I get why they did it. I understand. I just have this resentment for Brock Lesnar built up over that universal title run where I just don't see why we need him. But at the same time, ratings were up for this Raw. Uh, It was post-Money in the Bank, so it was always going to be up, but it was up quite an impressive amount given it was going up against the playoffs. SmackDown didn't fare too well because it was going up against um, Mm. Thingy Golden State. Uh, But yeah, to to their credit, Raw got the viewership, so maybe it is a case of Brock does draw. Yeah, you've made some good points there. I think it's fair to say the match was fantastic pre-Brock. It was a shock moment. I mean, I got it. I got it spoiled. I saw it on. Uh, well, I saw it in our WhatsApp group whilst I was watching. Yeah, that was a, that's a rookie era of my part. Yeah, point. it is a rookie era. Yeah, yeah. 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 The, the um, old early morning wake up. To, exactly. Oh shit! What happened? <laughs> uh, it's, it wasn't even that. Everyone else was like, yeah, it was a good pay-per-view. Oh, I didn't expect that happened. And then I was watching. I said, oh, I'm up to the tactic, Nathan. Oh, I didn't. Brock coming back. That shit. For fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's just strange. Um, if, you, if you 
could pick a list of people who don't need money in the bank. Brock Lesnar is the top of that list. Because <laughs> yeah. he, he literally only exists at the minute to challenge the one of the titles. The champion. Yeah. Yeah. That's literally his point. And why do you need to give something that proves so much intrigue, provides sorry, so much intrigue and so much compelling storytelling to someone who doesn't need compelling storytelling because he's Brock freaking Lesnar? It's just, uh, I don't know. You get the sense they did it just to make Money in the Bank look good. Be like, well, look at this, Brock's got it. Where it should be the opposite. It should be Money in the Bank making someone look good. That's my issue with it. Yeah, it's just a continued trend of wasting, especially the men's Money in the Bank. Um, Mm. When do you think he'll cash in? I think he'll just announce it for Saudi. You reckon? I've, I've, I've... I don't think Seth's got a match for it. That's the rumoured match. That'd suck. That'd be both money in the bank's gone in the space of a month. I mean, if he keeps it long term, it'll at least be interesting. But that's probably my biggest bugbear. I think think he'll just say, I'm cashing in on the Saudi show. And that'll be the biggest waste of it. If he doesn't, it'll at least be interesting. Yeah, I think... Given Fox, uh, I can see him going to SmackDown and them swerving. Mm. But as of right now, that does seem, and it, it seems likely that he'll cash in it. Super shit show yeah. Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And it would be underwhelming. But if it is if it is him v, if they do swerve and it does go him v Kofi, that could be fucking mega. That could be huge. Especially if Kofi. Yes. It would be elite. It would be a rematch of was Beast in the East, where mm, yeah. Rock squashed Kofi and just dominated him. Uh, yeah, I if it's Kofi, I my perspective would be changed somewhat. Like you said, it, that would be actually interesting storytelling, but it's probably going to be Seth purely because the revenge, isn't it? I just, yeah. Mm. They could, like, it's not a good decision, but they could do something with the bad decision. But the bad decision is probably going to be followed up with another bad decision. And that is emblematic of WWE right now just snowballing bad decisions. And that's why the ratings are down. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. And thinking SmackDown with all the people, apart from Kevin Owens, really in different storylines, it could make sense to have Brock there, whether it's SummerSlam or whatever. I, I doubt he'll keep it to like WrestleMania, for example. But that it could be a, that could be a WrestleMania match with Kofi v Brock. It, I doubt he'll keep it for that long, but it's probably that kind. Yeah, I'd be surprised. Yeah, yeah, it, it's probably. That do you think if he goes to SmackDown, he will do the tease, or will he just show mm. up once a month and be like, "I'm still here. I'm still here." It'll probably just be Paul Heyman every week. Like it, I, I think you missed it. Uh, Paul Heyman came out um, just before Dolph attacked um, Kofi. Oh, I did miss that, yeah. yeah Paul, Paul came out with, with just the briefcase. So <laughs> I think it'll just be more Paul Heyman, which is a good thing. Um, that makes sense. Yep, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Although I, I hope Paul... Well, Paul's better now that he's got the money in the bank with him. But I, I do hope Paul moves on from the whole... Shtick at Universal as the Universal Champion. Part of the reason he was getting so tiring was that we never saw Brock mm. and Paul just regurgitated the same promo quite a lot. With Money in the Bank, hopefully that lets Paul 
spread his wings a bit. Yeah, even if it's just once a month, you just kind of let him loose. That, that's all you need, really. For yeah. Uh, but I do hope I do hope he cashes in on Kofi, and it's not the Saudi shit show, fucking wank fest. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna be, that'd be gross. Yeah. Next week, probably answer a lot of these questions with uh, with the tease of him announcing it. Um, so maybe maybe we'll try and do another one next week and review or preview. Um, the Saudi shit show or something like that. But um money in the bank then overall marks out of ten, shall we go for? Overall for the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. I'd give it a eight. But the ending takes that down from a nine. So I'm gonna mm. qualify that. Because otherwise it was an excellent show, not just a very good show. What about you? Um, I will go the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. That's the problem. Uh, I will go with a seven because Seth V. AJ is at least 6.9 of that. Um, So, yeah, I'll go seven. No, I'll go 7.5. That gives it it an extra positive twist on it. I'll go 7.5 because Seth V. AJ is one of the best matches ever and Kofi V. Kevin was good. rest of it was a bit meh, but um, the ladder matches were good. Um, So, yeah, that's been this review of the Money in the Bank. I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, Do find us on Twitter at... um, PW underscore index, I think it is. <laughs> uh, yes, and, it is. Yes, yes. Andy normally does this, um, and it is, <laughs> and it is ten to one over here. <laughs> so the yes, not it is, it is very late. Yes, uh, but guy, you've deputized brilliantly today. Well done. Thank you. you. Thank you. You've really, you've really come up, Trumps. You are not. You are certainly not Marty Janetti to the team. <laughs> you are perhaps, perhaps more importantly, the Chad Gable. The one who, when he finally gets his chance, we are sh- really we are shines. Shel- we are Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haster, Andy's Kurt. Yes, the world's greatest tag yes. team, indeed. Absolutely, and we'll finish up on yes. that note. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks for joining me, Alex, and thanks for everyone listening at home. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.